this is Matt O'Keefe, and um, I am the host of the Loud and Live Sports Podcast, and I have a special guest today, Ariel Sanders. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Great. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your day to, to, to catch up with us. I think you and I had a, a chance to meet and spend some time, and we'll talk a little bit about it in, in a bit out in Boulder, Colorado at a little CrossFit summit. And uh, well, it's, it's, so it's great. It's great to see you again. How, how have you been? Um, I've been pretty good, you know, just training um, and working since then. Um, Boulder was super fun, probably like one of the highlights of this time during the pandemic. I haven't been able to do like the normal things that I would do during the summer. So that was like a nice break. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Boulder is a pretty special place. As yeah. We experience. Well, yeah. tell, tell, you know, for, you know, for those, uh, the listeners out there, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I, I know a bunch about you and got to learn a little more about you out, out in Colorado, but you're, you have a, a lot going on in your life. You know, you're a designer, an athlete and a student. So, t- you know, where, where are you in school? Talk, talk about, you know, a little bit where you're at with your, your athletic career and, and, and your professional career. Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, so my name is Ariel Sanders. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I currently work for Boston Consulting Group. Um, I'm on the design team there. I work for Boston Consulting Group, but in Atlanta. Um, So Ariel, before you continue, and these guys will all laugh on my team. Everything come. Everything comes back to Boston. I'm (laughs) a Bostonian. I I take it it's not necessarily. Is it a Boston-based business? Yes. Okay, cool. And you're just working in an Atlanta office. Yeah, it's a it's a global business, but yeah, it's be, the hub is in Boston. Um, cool. But yeah, my mom went to school in Boston. Oh, where did she go? Um, she went to Wellesley, and then she went to Tufts for medical school. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I've, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm a lifetime Bostonian. So yeah, that's okay. awesome. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're totally fine. Um, Yeah. So I work for Boston Consulting Group. I've been there for about three years. Um, I went to the University of Michigan for undergrad and grad school. And then right now I am enrolled in the executive program for social innovation design at University of Pennsylvania. And this is an online program, but um, I just started in September and it's been pretty, pretty good so far. Wow, that's it. That's an impressive uh, academic career. So, did you you attend? You were in Ann Arbor for four or five years. Five years, yeah. It was amazing. I love Ann Arbor so much. Go what? What is it? it's Go Blue? Yep, Go Blue. Everybody yeah. says Go Big Blue, and I don't know where they got that from, but um, yeah, Go Blue. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, and talk 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 about you know how the whole CrossFit thing kind of came in into play for you did you start crossfitting at the university or prior um so I did gymnastics from 8 to 17 years old and Emily Bridgers was actually my gymnastics coach from like 15 to 17 so I kind of got to see her get started in her crossfit career um which was really really cool but I didn't really know anything about it at the time it was just like oh she's like exercising really fast um and like wants to compete in it like that's awesome um and we would do like a little bit of like CrossFit style workouts like conditioning and gymnastics um but never really like like went to CrossFit classes or anything like that and then I graduated from high school and went to the University of Michigan for college. Um, I had always wanted to like do college sports, uh, but like that didn't happen. 
um, coming out of high school. And then I got the opportunity to walk on to the University of, Women, University of Michigan's uh, women's varsity rowing team. Um, so that was really awesome and really cool to be able to like do a sport that I hadn't done before that they were like willing to teach you um, just from like trying out and then you're a part of something that's like way bigger than just you. Um, so that was a different change from gymnastics to rowing. Gymnastics is like a pretty individual sport and then like moving to like the ultimate team sport. Um, and then I graduated from school, um, moved back to Atlanta to start my job. And I hadn't really been working out and Emily reached out and was like, you should come into the gym. And I was like, okay. I was like very nervous. Um, and I only went to the classes that she was coaching at the beginning. Um, and then just like, I got to see her kind of prepare for her last season of competition. And that was really awesome. And um, kind of like sparked the, like, kind of want to get into competitive CrossFit. And so then I did Wadapalooza qualifiers, um, ended up going on a team of three, um, intermediate women team of three in 2019 with um, Philip Clark and Jenna Torres. And that was just like an awesome experience. And I was like, I want to, I want more of this. So. Wadapalooza will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Wadapalooza is like so amazing. I think I got a little bit spoiled because you know, Wadapalooza was like the first big competition I did, but I think I only did like one local competition before that. And so like I did Wadapalooza and then I did something after that. And I was like, I don't like this. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I want Wadapalooza. <laughs> it ruins it for all of us. Believe me. <laughs> I know it's super wonderful. I mean, I was a fan of Wadapalooza. I've competed once. I did the gauntlet this year. I was forced, but <laughs> yeah, I've, I it got its hooks in me years ago. Just as a spectator, it's such yeah. a special weekend. Well, and yeah. thank you for participating. We yeah. and you were there back this year as an individual. Yeah, um, I competed in the women's RX division this year, and it was my first individual competition. So, like, that was another eye-opening, exciting experience. And that kind of like, I was like really, really excited to like qualify for more competitions. And um, then like the pandemic happened, and kind of shut everything down um so that's been hard but you know i still like seeking that feeling from Wadapalooza. i think it's so cool to like that competition is really cool because you like meet a lot of people and then competing as an individual is different because you're not talking to anyone and then you like want to make friends and so um it was really cool getting to know the girls in my division and i still talk to some of them like weekly Oh, that's great. That yeah. this year was a pretty special year in general for Waterpalooza. So that's um, set a, a high bar for you and expectations for what you're going <laughs> to attend in the future. Uh, it, that we were we were blown away with the 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 response this year. That was a really fun year. There were a lot of people there. So yeah. Was, Great. Well, thank you and congrats on. It's not easy. Doesn't matter where you, you know. It's funny. We talk about this a lot. Um, it's sort of an untold story from Wadapalooza, but very often the winner of our RX division has been a significant games athlete in that following year. So um, Daniel Brandon, I believe, won our RX division and then finished top 20 at the games that year. Um, so, you know, people don't realize that that has been very indicative of people's, you know, future success. So that's a huge accomplishment. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Very cool. What, so are you, you, um, Carrie Pierce is a gymnast from Michigan. Yeah. I I've met her like once, but we have never like connected. Um, 
I actually met her at Waterpalooza. <laughs> well, I think I'll we'll have to connect those dots, honestly. Yeah. She's a yeah. super cool kid and uh, obviously one of the best ever yeah. at our yeah. sport. Yeah. To make sure we connect those dots. Well, um, so, you know, in terms of your career, it's hard. I don't want to brush over that because I think it's super cool. Um, you know, it's uh, our sport. You know, I know you're pursuing a professional career as a CrossFitter as well. But we all, you know, a lot of people, you know, have to maintain, you know, other things at the same time. And we have a lot of stories. You know, Matt Fraser was a student and had a job um there are a lot that still do it now so tell so tell me a little bit about what you do in your in your work yeah um so i create like all the client facing material um that goes in like presentations proposals um if we do like mock-ups of websites or apps um we do that for our clients and we work with our case teams um our consultants to create that and um to make sure that what whatever we're putting in front of the client is like the most like visually exciting, but like easy to understand and like tells a story. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that for the past three years. I really like the people that I work with. Um, I eventually want to like integrate somehow like design and fitness and like social justice. Um, and I'm not exactly sure <laughs> what that will look like, but, um, just that's kind of what I'm always thinking about in the back of my head. Super cool. <clears throat> you know, and, you know, speaking on the social justice issues, we got to spend some time in Colorado together, which, you know, and you educated me, you know, among others there. It was, um, you know, and for, and for context, for, for those listening, a couple things. First of all, you know, you know, people will listen to this and not see the video. So I want to make sure we point out that um, Ariel is, is a, is a, is a black woman who, um, has been a, a massive leader in a lot of what's gone on in the CrossFit space over the last, you know, three or four months. Um, you know, I don't think we need to revisit a lot of it because most of the listeners will have context for that, but it was a trying time and people, a lot of people like yourself stood up and, and, you know, led and educated and, you know, you provided some of that from you know, people like myself, we went to Colorado, um, Eric Rosa was in transition uh, for buying the business and decided prior to closing that he wanted to get a group of people together to talk about some of the outstanding issues and, and kind of how we move forward. Um, you, you check a lot of boxes, you know, you're an athlete um, and you're, you know, a big part of um, leading in, in, in some trying times. But talk a little bit about the 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 time in Colorado um, and, you know, kind of, you know, how you came to, to be at that, um, you know, whatever it was a summit. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess when, um, when we, when Eric um, posted on Instagram that he was like taking over ownership of CrossFit, um, he had at the bottom of like his caption, like email me, like if you have any, questions or anything like that. Um, and so I sent him an email and I really didn't think that he respond, he would respond. Um, but he went to Michigan. So I like <laughs> tried to use that. I was like, go blue, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, leaders invest. Um, so I tried to use that in the email, um, to like kind of catch his eye. And 
he didn't see my email. Um, and then one of my teammates from college, her name's Grace. Um, she isn't involved with CrossFit at all. She just wanted to help me in any way that she could. Um, she sent him an email also saying like, I went to Michigan. Um, I think he received an email from like my friend, Ariel Sanders. Um, I think it would be great if you would respond to her. Like, and somehow I think either Eric or his chief of staff, David saw it. And, um, responded to me and uh, we got on the phone and within like the first five minutes he was like I'm actually hosting the summit in Colorado like in two weeks do you want to come and I was like uh yeah <laughs> um so ended up going to the summit um it was a cool opportunity to meet a lot of people and see people that I didn't know were in the space like I had never met Jonathan Haynes before and um just forming a relationship with him and being able to talk to with him about his experience working at HQ and those things. Um, that was really cool. And, um, yeah, I, it was an awesome experience. Um, I think those things can be a little bit like exhausting, mentally exhausting. I know, um, I left feeling like pretty, pretty exhausted. Um, just from like, I think talking about, race and the equality, although I love it, um, just for me, it can be like a burden sometimes. So um, just making sure I'm like taking care of myself and talking about it in a productive way is super important. Well, that that's great to hear. <clears throat> well, you know, and it's, it's unfairly, obviously a burden. I mean, it's, um, I think it's, um, you know, obviously, it's been really crazy times, you know, uh, pertaining to that subject over the last few months, but it hasn't, you know, it's not anything new. It's just, you know, at the forefront right now. Right. And it should be. Um, and there's so much work, you know, and it, you know, it's, um, I think my, you know, one of my takeaways from particularly being with you and others, uh, in, in Boulder is, is we just have so much work to do. Uh, and it, it was, you know, if you don't see that through the news and that's not obvious to you, then you need to do a lot of work. Um, but, you know, I think it's uh, we get caught, you know, in our day to day and, you know, um, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know, it's not easy. It's just it's it's incredible that how deep and and harsh the issues still are today. And it's really sad. And, and, you know, I commend you taking the time to exhaust yourself and help all of us get a little more educated, by the way, nothing's fixed and there's so much work to do, but you know, um, you know, you, you had an, a profound impact on myself and Dylan from my team that was there. And I know all of us, um, but, but talk, talk to us a little bit about, you know, um, how, how do you see, you know, and, and Eric is so aware and, and, you know, he's doing so many things. I think he's been for a lot of people, um, think he's been like a little quiet on the issue, but he's been anything but as we know, and he's working very hard on how to, you know, be very loud and, and, you know, and help, um, you know, be a solution moving forward behind the scenes. And I think you'll see a lot of that coming forward with the help of people like yourself, but where does this, you know, how do we, you know, as a community help with, these monumental issues that that need to change um, that are, you know, incredibly unfair. And I just think it's, you know, I know there's a lot of lack of education out there, right? Yeah. But how, do, how do we, you know, how do we help, um, you know, what, what little part can can people within this community do to, to, to at least start and move this in the right direction? Because, you know, I mean, as we talked a lot about Colorado, um, CrossFit is, you know, 
uh, very, you know, has a, has a big diversity issue, you know, and we all debated on, you know, what we thought it was. And it was really cool because everybody was open and it was a safe place to talk. Um, and some of us are naive, you know, I might even had some naive perspective, you know, it, it and, uh, you know, I learned so much, but what do we do? Like, how do we help, um, in the gym, in the community as competitions, um, you know, as leaders in the space? Yeah. Um, I guess like for me, I definitely want to see more black people, indigenous people, people of color, um, involved in CrossFit, like whether that's from like the games level to like HQ to affiliate owners. And like, I don't know like what exactly the answer is, but what I do know is like, it's really important to take like people's experience is like their expertise. So if someone's in a position of power and someone has this experience, like they should be working together to solve problems and move forward. Because like, um, we talk about this a lot in my, uh, my executive program that I'm doing is like, you can't, um, you can't design for people or you can't design like systems or interviews or products for people um, based on what you think they need. Um, so you have to like co-create um, to kind of find out what is the problem and like, how do we move forward? Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't have all the answers. Um, I think something that's difficult for me is that like, I will continue to advocate for myself, for black women, for black people, for people of color. But if like the people in power aren't doing anything with the things that the marginalized or groups that have less access are saying um, or working with them to make a change, you know, nothing is going to change and we're not really going to move forward. And I'm going to keep speaking into like this void, which can get like pretty frustrating. Um, so yeah, I guess like, I don't, I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to like work with people to get there. Um, and like you said, like Eric has been doing a lot of work behind the scenes and I would love to see like, like what, what are the next steps? Like, um, where is he going with this? So yeah. Um, what are, do you have, like, what are your plans moving forward? Um, for yeah. your organization? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, we've, we've spoken quite a bit with Eric. Um, you know, I've listened a lot to some of his plans and thoughts on some underserved areas. Um, and we plan on getting involved in that. I mean, we have, um, you know, we have events all over the world, really, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, just, you know, there's so much we can do just within our Miami community. It's such a diverse area. Um, but, you know, Eric uh, has some plans for some, you know, programs that will surround some underserved areas of the United States, particularly that we're um, 100% going to get behind. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about some some stuff with recovery and some in Detroit, for instance, um, and trying to build some programs for an underserved, you know, neighborhood in Detroit, um, you know, and, and address some diversity within that program. But yeah, I um. I'm, you know, it's funny. And I said this when I was out there, I, I, a little like Eric am, you know, one of these people that I, I really just am in, it's still in this like education mode. Like I think it's, um, what really it's, um, it's interesting when all of this sort of, all of this came out, um, and the terrible stuff that happened, it was, you know, 
I, I immediately, my, my reaction was like, wow, I feel terrible that I don't realize how pressing this issue still is. You know, and I think that like, and I feel okay saying that. And, and we talked a lot about that in Boulder because it's the reality of it. And, it, and I'm not proud of that. Um, and I, you know, I live in Boston where, you know, it's, you know, it's a subject, you know, constantly, but it's obvious nothing's being addressed with it. Right. It's just, you know, and I feel a little like that right now where it's like, you know, the backside of all this is like, you know, we're like, we're trending back towards like normal again. Well, it's not normal. Like what other, mm-hmm. it's um okay. It was an, you know, and you know, people complain about rioting and you know, all these pro- protests, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's sad that, that that stuff stops and it just kind of like everybody kind of like pushes it to the side. Right. So I think it's like myself, our organization, CrossFit, working with people like yourself and finding unique ways to use our platforms to, to help serve underserved. Um, and, you know, and, and I think um, the answer to that will, will play out more um, over some time here, but uh, we're not going to go with the like, you know, back to normal quiet. I will promise you that. Um, I, you know, I, I, I speak a lot to my team about actions over intentions. So, you know, we can intend all we want, but it's all going to come with the action. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm really excited to dig more in on this. I hope that's not the last time we sit in a room like that and talk about those issues and, you know, knowing Eric well enough now, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the last time we do that. You know, there's some cool stuff that's already happened with CrossFit, you know, the, program that started in Atlanta, uh, which is your home. I don't know if you had anything to do with that or, you know, and I know we talked a little bit about it out there and I think, you know, that program alone could be and should be really cool for, for CrossFit moving forward. Have you, have you had a chance to attend in you know, a session like that yet or, and tell people, you know, I'll let you tell people a little bit about what that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, haven't worked directly with the group that is doing the CrossFit scholarship program. Unlike the group of teenage boys that's doing the CrossFit scholarship program, but those boys are from a program called Atlanta leadership club, um, which is a nonprofit that educates and empowers youth youth in underinvested communities in Atlanta. Um, And it's really cool because it's like mentorship. Um, They do a lot of like hikes, adventure seeking, fun things. Um, And Emily Bridgers, the owner of, formerly CrossFit Terminus and now Terminus Strength and Conditioning, has been working with John Jarrett, um, who's the executive director of the Atlanta Leadership Club, um, to get the girls in our gym and introduce them to health and fitness, um, which has been really fun to be a part of. I've been working with Emily and then Sonia McMillan and Brie Wallen um, to kind of introduce these girls to CrossFit. Um, And it's been just like really fun getting to know them. I think it's just a fun activity for them. And um, something that I think is really cool about what we're doing is like, they get to see me, Sonia and Brie, like three like fit black women. And like, I think it's so important to be able to see yourself um, in like the goals that you have. Um, When I think about like representation, like I think about like the Williams sisters and kind of what they've done for a predominantly white sport. Um, they've opened doors for people like Sloan Stevens, Naomi Osaka, Madison Keys, and like not just open doors for them, but it, when you're able, it's so important to like see yourself in someone like where you want to go. Like I want to be like them. Um, so I'm hoping that like us being there is like some, even if it's a small impact, um, I'm hoping that it makes 
the difference. Um, but yeah, it's been really awesome. And I'm hoping that they fall in love with the sport kind of the way I have. Um, the goal is that like, they'll eventually be like interested in CrossFit and then they'll get fed into um, the CrossFit scholarship program to get their L1. So we'll see. It's hard with teenage girls to see like if that, if like this is like really like what they're interested in. But um, right now we're just having fun and playing games and doing like a couple of workouts. But yeah, it's been awesome. Well, yeah. So access and inspiration, right? And I yeah. think you talked a lot about that in Boulder, um, accessibility. Um, and it's, you know, sort of, you know, my, my, a big piece of what my perspective is on it is I think is, you know, how we can all make it more accessible. And you're certainly inspiration, um, as as are some others that have blazed the trail um, to, to, to start in our sport, like Easy Muhammad. And, um, you know, there, there's, you know, there's, there's a few others that have had some success in the sport as well. But I, you know, you know, I think as an organization, you ask about what we want to do. We want to work with people like you, so you can help us and, and we'll, you know, watch what you wish for. We'll be, we'll be calling <laughs> because I want to make, you know, our platforms accessible. If somebody looks at what we do and sees white and isn't attracted, then that's not right. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Or, um, you know, doesn't, you know, feel like they're welcome. It's not right. Like we want to find ways to do that. Um, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. Like I think, you know, and I have young kids and, and this has been a really interesting time. It's, um, and what I'm proud of is, is that, you know, my kids don't see color. Um, and, and, you know, but what I've figured out and learned through a lot of this is, um, that doesn't solve any problems either. Right. You know, I think there needs to be a real big awareness around this. And, and that's how I feel like it doesn't matter to me what color somebody is like, yeah. it's never registered to me, but unfortunately for somebody like my, like we need to help people understand that how we feel. Right. Um, yeah. I think like the, the phrase, I don't see color, like it has like, like a good intent, I guess, like, you know, like, we want to see everyone as equal, but unfortunately, like that's not the way it is. And so right. like, it's important that we are aware of like the people's differences and the different challenges that people go through just because of their color, the color of their skin. And, you know, some people like are able to overcome those challenges. Like, obviously like there are a lot of like really well-off black people and like really well-off people of color but just the the system um and the like effort that it takes to like overcome that it's like not everyone should have to like wake up having to like or be born having to overcome certain challenges right you know, it's, um, you know, when you talk about inspiration, you know, and I think, you know, getting, you know, you um, out to inspire, you know, people to, to get involved, um, it, you know, is something that, you know, we, we all hope to help with and that, that you have the platforms to do it on and you're already doing it. You know, I think, you know, part, and I, I don't want this to be absent this. And I think it's really cool for people you're inspiring and mentoring to hear you're, you're a sponsored athlete, you know, you're start, you've worked really hard, um, to, you know, get in a position where somebody would even want to do that with you. And, you know, you, you're wearing a fatso shirt. Uh, you're not a fatso. 
you know, but <laughs> I love the name of that brand. And Someone so, in Colorado in the hotel, they were like, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at your sweatshirt and it says fatso and like, you're clearly not that. And I was just like, oh, it's a brand of peanut butter. <laughs> it's such a cool name. And, and, and fatso has been a big part of the Loud and Live family for, for some years now. And, um, but tell us how that come, come to be in, in, um, cause that's a big deal. I mean, that's the, the, the basis for who I am is an, is a, is an agent, you know, and I represented, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with some of the best athletes in the yeah. history of our sport. Uh, but that's a big deal. Like brands don't just, um, and, and that, this is really important. And, and I think I'm expert on this. Um, brands don't sponsor and pay people out of, out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> yeah. You earn that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, that's a huge step. So congratulations. But you know, how did that how did that partnership come to put to come to be? Um, okay, so I'll start with the first time that I had Pats of Peanut Butter, um, which was actually at Wadapalooza. Um, we I got third on the team of three that I was on, and we in our prize bags, we had this like huge jar. Everyone got a huge jar of Pats of Peanut Butter. And I remember like eating it so fast, like on peanut on toast and in oatmeal and I was like I love this peanut butter and then like fast forward to kind of June 2020 I was very very active on Instagram and just like I was seeing a lot of what companies involved with CrossFit were doing in terms of speaking out on racial justice um and I started talking to Jill the founder of Fatso just over Instagram DM um, about like what they were doing and how it was so cool and um, kind of admirable how like they're using their platform to speak out when a lot of people like when it's not like the necessarily the cool thing to do. Um, and so we started chatting and then she was like, oh, like, can you give me some more information? Like, I want to um, send you an email. And so like, then we were talking over email and she sent me this email that was, again, like telling me different things that Fatso was doing. Fatso was like, really involved with um, helping the indigenous communities, um, indigenous population in Canada. And um, they do a lot of work with the LGBTQ community and they were doing a lot of stuff for COVID relief. And it was just really awesome. And I was like, wow, like this is so cool to see a brand doing this and then also be involved kind of like in the CrossFit space. Um, and basically like we emailed back and forth for a little bit and she was like, Oh, like we would love to sponsor you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, this is so cool. And one of the reasons that she wanted to sponsor me is because like, there aren't any black women in like the, or there aren't a lot of professional black games athletes. Um, you know, we have Chandler, which he is amazing. And I got an opportunity to meet him in Colorado, which was really cool. Um, but she was like, and one of the ways that like we can do something and use our platform and use our power to do something is to sponsor like black athletes that maybe like are earlier in their career or like aren't as well known. And, um, I thought this was really cool because the company and Jill were like putting their money where their mouth is. Um, and so I immediately was like, yes, like, I love your peanut butter. I love peanut butter in general. Um, I love what you're doing, like, outside of just your company. Um, and so it just really aligned with, like, a lot of my beliefs and my love for peanut butter um, and Fatso's peanut butter. And so, you know, that was really, really exciting. Um, and you don't see, like, a lot of companies, or 
I don't see a lot of companies doing that, like kind of taking a chance on someone. So um, it kind of, it felt really good. Um, and like, I think what else was cool about it, it wasn't like, oh, like we're searching to like maybe like post pictures of black athletes on our Instagram or like we're like scrambling to like have black models in our clothes. It was like, no, like we want to invest in you. Like we want to invest in your future. Um, so that just was really awesome. And I really like Jill and I've been working with her sister a little bit too. And her sister's awesome. And it's just an awesome company, awesome people, great peanut butter. We agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is important to point out that, that they were doing you know, a lot of work prior to mm-hmm. you know, even the most recent stuff. And, you know, cause I think you're right. It is, it is um, easy to, you know, enter status quo in a scenario like that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, these people were doing the work in, in, in silence, right. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, which is really cool, but, you know, also supporting your, you know, forget about black or white, you, you know, you're an athlete, that they're supporting, like you're saying, right? Like they're, yeah. they see potential in you and, um, you know, that's earned, which is really cool. Um, and, and I think, uh, cause, because in what I was saying at the start, being sponsored, this is, you know, this is a business, um, you know, you're becoming a professional athlete. That's a business, you know, and I've been at this since 13 with working with athletes and, um, you know, the brands are trying to be profitable. You know, mm-hmm. so they don't just, you know, do things out of the goodness of their heart. You know, uh, Fatso does a lot of things out of the goodness of their heart, but they don't just pay people for no reason and yeah. sponsor. Right. So I think that's a really cool accomplishment and we love those guys. So um, that's that's super cool. Uh, you know, listen, what what I, I'd love to, you know, have you kind of maybe, you know, give some thought in, in wrapping this up to just, you know, um, to the listeners in general, like what, what, what would you want them to take away from this conversation or just, you know, some sort of, you know, thought in general that, um, you know, to, 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 to help people educate people a little better, um, as a takeaway from, you know, kind of some of the stuff we're talking about issues now, um, you know, how things can, can look better forward. Yeah. Um, I think that, Empathy is something that is super important, like being able to put yourself in other people's shoes and try to see something from someone else's perspective. Um, And, you know, sometimes like I think empathy is empathy is really key, but it's not enough. It's like we have to say, like, what 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 position am I in that's informing this like opinion that I have and like how is it affecting what I'm doing. Um, and I think it's really important that if you're in a position of power, whether it's like a really big company, um, or a really small company, like do what you can to either create more access for a marginalized group or create more like feeling of acceptance for a group. Um, because you can have an impact big or small, um, so just if you're in a position of power, like use it and do something. And if you don't think you're in a position of power, maybe like kind of think like, how can I, how can I help other people? Cause at the end of the day, that's what like genuine allyship is all about. Um, 
And I think that's the only way we're gonna move forward by listening to marginalized groups um, and kind of what I was saying earlier, like co-creating with marginalized groups is really, really important. I love that. <clears throat> access, create access and acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's a really good message to 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 end on, and I'm gonna get in touch with you to help have you help us with that. <laughs> so, uh, with Wadapalooza, Granite Games, West Coast Classic, anything we do, um, because it's you know again, you asked about what we're gonna do, and I'll respectfully be quiet right now because I'm not gonna you know spew a bunch of words that um, it's about actions so we need help with actions and we're working on it but those are two very good um you know big points access and acceptance so we're going to work on that with you so sorry but you're hired (laughs) okay we're proud we're proud you know um wadapalooza is so important to the community um as are all our events and unfortunately we weren't able to do all of them this year but we um we feel like it's a it's a it's such a big part of our community and uh, we're so proud of all everybody who participates in it we you become a part of our family so we're proud of you and um, we can't wait to see you make more and more progress there and you know i only hope that someday i get to put a medal around your neck on that on that yeah yeah let's work work on that (laughs) anything we can do to help and support that we're, we're all in but i really appreciate your time and um you know We'll do this again. I want to okay. catch up about yeah. you know maybe a year from now and figure okay. out all the cool cool stuff you're doing. But thanks for okay. your time. I, I wish you all the luck in the world, and we'll be in touch for sure, Ariel. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Oh, awesome, anytime. So that's that's it for this episode of Loud and Live Sports with Ariel Sanders from Atlanta, and um, thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>